With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And their families. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Dave Sproul covers Iowa State for KASI, our sister station in Ames. Uh, he will join us. He was at uh, Hilton yesterday for the uh, lid lifter, Iowa State men's basketball. So we'll pick his brain on that. But uh, he's listening in on Matt Campbell's teleconference. Don't think anything will come out of it, but uh, you never know, I guess. Ready to talk with Bama Bob here. Mm-hmm. And uh, just mentioned Bama as I was lining him up. You know, we have college football happening yes, tomorrow. tomorrow morning at Tomorrow morning right. at 9.30 on CBS Sports Network, Western Kentucky against Charlotte. Now, you'll be firing. I, I know well, you will. They're singing course. the anthem after all. Uh, but Mr. Monday Night's got to make an appearance he as does. well. Bama, how are you? Good to speak with you. How's things? I'm doing great. I can't. Uh, had a great Thanksgiving, and I hope you guys did as well. And Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you got something to give live updates with tomorrow. I mean, how about <laughs> yeah. that? Rarely do it on a, noon, on a 10 to noon show do you have live updates with college football, but hey. It's 2020. Indeed it is. Uh, and then we've got football, hopefully, fingers crossed, NFL uh, tomorrow night. But, Bama, let's get into college football. You know where I want to start with you before we go around the Power Five conferences? we got to bring up Patterson at Buffalo, uh, the eight touchdowns that he scored. Just yeah. uh, absolutely remarkable. But I want to ask you, uh, and I'm not sure if you heard Urban Meyer on, I think it was Saturday night, when he said that Kyle Pitts, Florida's tight end, uh, is the most dominant player in college football this year. He is this year's Chase Young, uh, when you think back to the Ohio State defensive end and how dominant he was in the game in 2019. Pitt's an offensive player, obviously, in a tight end. Uh, I get his point, Bama. He's uncoverable. He is, a lot of times, uncatchable for a tight end. I get where Urban Meyer was going. Did you like that comparison? No. Um, he is... Listen, Chase Young was a game disruptor, okay? And, and Kyle Pitts can be a game disruptor, but, you know, let, let, let's let just maybe pump the brakes a little bit and play, you know, let's, let's see what happens in the SEC championship game. Now, if he goes off for, you know, 12 catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns against Alabama, okay, you know, I, I'm willing I'm willing to, to go there. I, I just... Chase Young, to me, was, I mean, like I said, I just called him a disruptor. And you're right. I mean, Pitts, though, is you, you can't cover him. And part of it is that Kyle Trask is is playing at a level mm-hmm. that, you know, that Joe Burrow played at last year. Let's, let's just, you know, call it that way. Mm-hmm. Him and Mac Jones, I think, are, are playing the position uh, as well as anybody uh, in the country this year. But I, I just, 
you know, I know A&M has a, pr- a pretty good defense. I know Georgia has a pretty good defense. They're not great, but they're pretty good. Um, and I don't know that Alabama is great, but and he's he's going to put up numbers. Um, but listen, if if you want to go with with Kyle Pitts, and this is maybe it sounds like a little homerism to me. Why not think why not at uh, you know Alabama's got a pretty good number six uh, that's that's kind of uncoverable as a wide receiver this year. So I I don't. I don't know that we can just go year to year uh, like that. I know what Urban's trying to say. You know, Chase Young was his guy, and and you know, Kyle. You know, Florida is his school or one of his schools or yeah, whatever. That's a good point. I never thought about he, that. He, he's a he's a great he's a great player, and you know, he might be a top five pick in the draft. You know, he's a George Kittle kind of tight end, more so maybe than Travis Kelsey because he's not that big. He's fast, as big as Kelsey, but he yeah, he is fast. Um, and he's going to be a nightmare, and that's really where that position is going. To me, he's a wide receiver. He's just a little bit bigger, and he lines up as a tight end, and uh, you know he can block a little bit. But he's not Gronkowski esque, you know, for for his size. But um, he's a problem, that's for sure. But um, there's a lot of good players there. But I, I think maybe let's let's just see how he does. Uh, against Alabama, and then if they get in the playoff, how he does against those better teams as well. Uh, Minnesota Northwestern has been canceled. Minnesota is pausing all team activities, so the Gophers, um, I mean, th- this week they're off. There's only one more for them after that. Well, we've got those crossovers. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And Michael Penix is indeed out for the year, a torn ACL. Uh, let's get into it, boys. Around college football we go. Trent, we'll start with you in the ACC your takeaway from this past weekend in the ACC was what? I, I really thought Carolina, I la- thought they were a live dog going into that game against Notre Dame. The first quarter did nothing to dissuade me from that. It's 14-14. They're mm-hmm. going shot for shot. And then Notre Dame just Defense. completely yeah. clamped them down. We know how much talent they have. Defense isn't very good. I thought it was going to have to be a shootout for Carolina to win. I was so impressed by Notre Dame. What they were able to do defensively against that high-powered offense here. Notre Dame, even after the Clemson game, I wasn't a believer. And I'm still not a believer that they can win the national title. To win those two games, to get it done, even if they do lose to Clemson, maybe. That the defense might be the difference maker. I know Alabama's getting a lot better. I know Clemson's getting healthier there. And we'll see about Ohio State. But when you're looking, that Notre Dame defense, I I think, is a different level than those other teams. And with that... It's 2020. Anything can happen. I'm more of a believer now than I was even after the win against Clemson. Well, I'm more of a believer in Ian Book than I've ever yeah. been. Uh, he's he's playing very well. Uh, Clemson was unbelievable. Where are, what uh, your takeaway in the ACC, Bama? Yeah, Notre Dame is probably the, I mean that's probably it. Um, you know their defense, and, and like you said, I, I want to see him against Trevor Lawrence, and I, I know that you know we're, we're making a big deal out of it, and you know, uh, but I want to see I want to see, see them against the absolute. Best and he is one of the best three, four uh, certainly, uh, maybe the best. We don't know. I mean, he hasn't played enough yet, uh, really, um, to to make that determination this year. We you know we've gotten years past, um, but this this is Brian Kelly's best team. I think we, I think that's easy uh, to say. Now you know, given all that, you know, I wonder what Notre Dame would have been had they played their quote-unquote traditional schedule. I mean, this is all ACC they're playing this year. I mean, I know they usually play five or six, mm-hmm. and there's really only one good team in that conference. You know, had they played – now, you know, normally they play Michigan. Well, Michigan stinks this <laughs> right. year. But, you know you know what I'm saying? Had yeah. they played that normal 
you know, independent, half independent, half ACC schedule, what would they look like? I, I think this is the best team they've had, even including the team that, that you know, got team. by Alabama. Yep. And then, yeah, Manti Teo team that got beat in the national championship that year. Uh, I think we all kind of thought they were a fraud that year, uh, or not, not a fraud. I mean, you don't get the 12 and 0 being a fraud, but they, they got, they got a, a few breaks, but this is their best team. Uh, let's see. And look, they're going to have a chance to prove it because I think, I think right now the way things are shaking out, they got a really good shot at getting into the playoff, even if they lose to Clemson if the game is close. Now, if they get blown out by Clemson, which I don't think will happen, um, now you got a now you got a discussion. You know, if Florida loses close to Alabama, if A and M doesn't lose again but doesn't get in, you know, can they get in with not having to play an SEC championship game if they're only lost? This is to Alabama, they didn't look great. Um, the other thing to me is, I mean, I, I've never, you know, and it's not really on the field, it's off. I think, guys, I think we've really, we're seeing the, the first Power 5 school just quit on the season, and that's Florida State. I mean, they're mm-hmm. done. They've, yeah. they've already called off their game uh, with Duke. Duke's rescheduled to play Miami. And you guys are um, opting out. Yeah, guys are opting out. I mean, th- this is just a team that's absolutely a team, a program, an administration that's just, you know, basically said, screw it, we're done. And, you know, I don't think anybody's going to miss them this year. <laughs> uh, that's a mess down there. I mean, it was an absolute mess. It started with the Clemson game when, you know, Sweeney didn't like it and, you know, we got all the finger pointing and everything else. But, um, you know, they had their game canceled against Virginia this week, and now they're saying we're not playing against, uh, against Duke next week. Duke, so yeah. first one due to COVID, I think, Power 5, you're just seeing a team saying, We've had enough, and, and we're, we're packing it in. Uh, my takeaway was, um, well, obviously the Notre Dame and Ian Book and, and Clemson doing what they did. Uh, the, the Syracuse quarterback, Culpepper, spiking it on fourth down. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> geez, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, you, I felt yeah. bad for the kid. I did. Um, and anyways, Maybe the moment got a little too big. <laughs> yeah, might have. Spiking it on fourth down, game over. Anyways, uh, to the yeah. Big 12. Uh, it, it has to be Iowa State putting themselves in a position to play West Virginia as they come back and beat Texas. Tom Herman with a couple of uh, gambles, uh, risks in the football game. Neither went that way. You know what, Trent? Tell me about this Walling kid from East. What a heads-up play mm-hmm. uh, on the on the fake punt uh, that looked as though it was going to be successful, but Walling had other ideas. What a great stay-at-home, well-coached play. Knew nothing about him either. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just one of those guys that went to East. I don't have a whole lot of connection there. Don't right. see many of those games as I'm on the course of things. Didn't know the name. Yeah. Didn't know the name, and what a play. Oh, what a play. Uh, Bama, your take. Uh, do you have anything else on the Big 12 trend from this weekend? Uh, I, what happened to Oklahoma State's defense? I know Bowman was back for Texas Tech, mm-hmm. but give a 44 even in a win. We were talking about them and Iowa State yeah. as the best two defenses, and now... I don't know about those Cowboys. I, I, I'm I with you. Um, Baylor uh, coming back, field goal late in yeah. the football game. Look, if K-State would have hung on on Saturday night, this whole week would have been – Iowa State's in. Yeah, right. Uh, but but they didn't, so the first one didn't go their way. Abama, your takeaway on the Big 12? Uh, it's Iowa State. I mean, we talked about it uh, Wednesday, whenever it was we were last on. Um, I, I And I've been saying all year, I, you know, listen, give me Oklahoma State and, and Iowa State. Oklahoma State's fading. Um, Iowa State is, is, I mean, they've done it. They've done what they needed to do. Uh, I know they haven't clinched 100%, um, but, man, what a game. And, and if, you're, if you're a Texas fan, 
and you're looking at your coach on that sideline that's made five, six million dollars a year, and you mentioned the gambles, you know, whatever. You're you're having to me that is much of a it, it's not really an indictment. A lot of people are saying it's an indictment on Texas. I think it's credit to Iowa State. He's looking across that field and he knows uh, that that this is a, an outstanding, balanced, complete football team, and they weren't just going to be able to line up and beat them. They're going to have to throw a little. You know the the trick plays and, and everything. And you mentioned, I mean, you, you mentioned coaching. And I've said it before. I think Iowa State, you know, might have. You know, Lincoln Riley is is really good. Okay, you could put him right there. You could put Matt Campbell right there in my book with Lincoln Riley as the best coach in the Big Twelve. I know Gary Patterson's got the pedigree. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but that team's kind of fallen a little bit. I think Kleiman's the right guy at Kansas State, up and coming. Gundy's time at Oklahoma State might have worn out, but for a guy like Tom Herman, who came in with all the hype and everything else and has done nothing since he's been there and is making, I don't know, five, six million dollars, whatever it is he's making, Matt Campbell just flat out out coasting and he's got a better football team and they are, I mean, I think they're the best team in the Big 12 right now, you know, along with Oklahoma. West Virginia may be third, but this is all about. Iowa State, and I'm so happy for them. You know, they they just you know, look at the final score, 23 to 20. I mean, just they they held that team. Ellinger is great. Yeah. Okay, he he really is. Mm-hmm. But you took good teams take away the what the other teams do best, and what their best player by far on offense is Sam Ellinger, and Iowa State kind of took him away. I mean, Purdy out passed him, Paul out rushed him, um, and you know couple plays here or there in big games and that's where it costs for the, the biggest win by far in Iowa State's history and I'm so happy for them I'm so happy for Matt Campbell uh, I've been on this team all year I just thought they're just a complete football team and I think they went out and showed it Friday uh Trent let me ask you this we may see Rutgers in Nebraska in the crossover uh-huh. who do you like Rutgers so do I <laughs> and think of this Rutgers team Shano can coach boys they are yes, can. I mean, the Michigan game. They set up for that field goal in overtime. Yeah. Of course, didn't get it. They let another lead slip away. We could be talking about a four and two mm-hmm. Rutgers team right now, and it's not a stretch to turn this program around. How moribund they were this quickly! It's incredible. Yeah. And Tennessee, just swing and miss uh, on that one. Ooh, yeah, in a big way. Um, I was surprised Northwestern laid an egg. I, I, I was. I thought the defense would carry him. I didn't think Fitz was going to let his team let down. Rocky Lombardi made a couple of plays early in that football mm-hmm. game with his arm. Um, he's a tough SOB, isn't he? Because he's not. He's not. Uh, uh, he's, he's hurt. Uh, that was um, that was that was a good win for Michigan State. Did you watch loss. much Penn State Michigan? Because yeah, more than I thought I would. Trent. And, and when I had it on, it was just yuck. Yeah, it, it, it was tough to watch. I love that game. I love that game uh-huh. on a yearly basis. And even if one team's better, it just the uniforms, the colors, it just works. It didn't work for me. Yeah, on we'll Saturday. get the uniforms and colors in the Pac-12, and as I'm sure we'll bring up that fair for what was it Thursday or Friday right. night? Uh, Bama, your takeaway on the Big Ten? Yeah, it, it was um, you know ne- Nebraska again, like you said. I mean, wh- wh- I don't I don't know where they're going. I I, well, I know where they're going. They're going nowhere. I, I hate it for. Uh, you mentioned Penix at Indiana. I mean, that's just terrible. That that kid was playing, you know, so at such a high level. Uh, they had such a good season, and you know, for him to just to to get hurt like that, I thought was, you know, was just 
you know, you really feel for him. Penn State, Michigan, like you said, we didn't even talk about that game. No. On uh, on on Wednesday, and and why would you? And I, I mean, you look, the Jacksonville just fired their general manager. Marone's probably going to be gone. You know, is this a, is that a place that would be interested in a guy like Jim Harbaugh? I, I I don't know how he carries forward at Michigan. I mean, and I again, I tend to give. I see, you know, Derek Mason got fired at Vanderbilt. I, I just I think you have to give coaches a pass this year. Um, a little bit, but I, I don't. I just don't know how it's going to move. How's it going to work going forward at Michigan? How can it possibly work going forward when you're this bad on offense? You can't figure out your quarterback. You thought you had him uh, in Joe Milton, mm-hmm. and you don't. And I mean, the the defense is is good. It's 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 not bad. It's average, I guess. Offensively, they're terrible. Um, you mentioned Northwestern. Feel bad for them. Uh, I think they're still going to make the Big Ten championship game, which mm-hmm. if you're Northwestern, you'll take that every year. Uh, my guilty pleasure team, Purdue, uh, tough Yeesh. loss. But you mentioned, I mean, there, there are a couple teams in the SEC right now going, okay, maybe, you know, Tennessee in particular. Uh, I think Greg Schiano would have had them a little further along than Jeremy Pruitt uh, has Tennessee. But, you know, that and, and that's just a stupid reason not to hire him. I mean, because he was on the staff of Penn State when all that went down. I mean, come on. I mean, what are you going to do? Punish everybody? I mean, there was there was two people involved in that, and we know who those were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, uh, I mean, it's. I, I feel. I guess my biggest takeaway: Michigan again, just because I love piling on, and then uh, you know the the injury to to Penix is just it's just awful. Uh, the Pac-12 was great. Boy, I love football on Black Friday. Yeah. It really was. Pac-12 oh, yeah. finally was in my wheelhouse on Friday. Cal. Getting putting themselves in an opportunity to kick the extra point to tie the football game in the big game, and it was blocked, and Stanford wins by a point. But uh, then later on at night, well, I guess it was, what, 6.30 it started, um, those, those two uniforms, the yellow. What did somebody call them? The traffic cones versus the... Um, <laughs> The the brightness the highlighter of yeah it was something that I, I I wish I would remembered anyways but just Oregon Oregon State good for the Beavers right yeah. what a game Trent Jefferson yeah. absolute stud and Isn't thank God because of the fog that they had those bright mm-hmm. uniforms on because without them we're talking about going back to the late eighties in the Fog Bowl in in Soldier Field and with that I of course popped on YouTube there's like a six minute NFL Films version of the Fog Bowl and just how it happened and the science behind it how odd it was but. Because trying to remember, boy, there's never been a game really like that. And going through and watching that, it was just absolutely incredible. Fun game. Jefferson is a stud. My mm-hmm. takeaway, though, about Carl Durrell at Colorado. 3-0. 3-0. They beat San Diego State uh-huh. because of cancellation. They were able to get a game in non-conference against Mountain West. But and their 3-0. quarterback, Trent, was a safety last year. was. Now Mel Tucker is over at Michigan State. Yeah. Mm, upgrade maybe for the Buffs. We'll see. Washington coming back and beating Utah in that football game. Pac-12, Bama. Yeah, I mean, I think I can't remember which one of us called that game the sneaky game, the uh, Civil War. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, somebody called that <laughs> their sneaky game of the week last week. But yeah, I mean, and like I said, I don't, I don't know why or how. Probably because I just I'm such a big fan of the Pac-12 after dark. That was like the third or fourth Oregon State game I've seen. I love Jefferson. I saw him against Washington State. I saw him against Washington. Um, that guy, they tried to give it away at the end, Ken. I don't know. I mean, my God. And it seemed like the last 30 seconds took 20 minutes to play because it was just, you know, you know, scrum. Did he get in? Review. Oh, no. First and goal. Second goal. Um, I mean, I I tell you, though, I, I felt really bad for the uh, for, for the 
uh, Oregon State quarterback, you know, who gets hurt. Yes. On, what is it? Third and, third and goal. And I think it's a, it looks like a torn hamstring because he could not put any weight uh-uh. on that. And then how about this freshman? And that was officiating, coming? Batman. Never should have been in that point at that. You're absolutely, mm-hmm. totally 100% correct. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden now this, this freshman quarterback comes in <laughs> and his first play of the game, uh-huh. his old, or of his college career is going to be under center at what? The half inch line? Um, and, you know, he, he, they sneak it in, they push it in. I was surprised they didn't give it to Jefferson. But what a great game, as you mentioned, uh, and good for Oregon State. But you're right, that, that play should have never happened. I mean, how they miss that offside, I'll never Ugh. know. And, listen, for Oregon, what do you got to lose? I mean, you just keep doing that every single time because eventually, I mean, you can't get the ball any closer. Right. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you just try to jump the snap count, and if you're offside, who cares? But, um you know, Washington, to me, coming back against Utah, I mean, they were down, what, 17 nothing, whatever it was in that game, or 21 to nothing, or, I mean, it was, that, that was a good one. And you mentioned Darrell at Colorado. So, so happy for him. And, and, you know, Stanford Cal, normally you would say that'd be the weirdest ending in that series, but we all know it's not. Um, but again, just like you mentioned, Friday football after Thanksgiving is great. And the Pac 12 is, it, it's a fun league. Not a lot of great teams, but, no. but man, they play some. They play some fun football out there, and it's just great to have them back in whatever capacity we can get it. We've got three minutes to recap the SEC. I thought the Egg Bowl was incredibly entertaining. Uh, that that was oh a, a fun game to watch. We mentioned Pitt uh, Pitts earlier. Alabama's rolling, uh, Bama Bob uh, Mac Jones. What what a story he is. Uh, your takeaway this weekend in the SEC was what? Yeah, it's it's uh, that Alabama's defense is is really getting pretty good. I mean, they, listen, they're going to be tested. I I don't know how much they'll be tested. LSU has no quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they really don't. I watched a lot of that game against Texas A and M. Boy, Coach O was all over yeah. that freshman when he came out of the game. Was or after he threw the. He, ugh. Yeah, and that and that was a terrible. That was. I mean, listen, you have to pull him after that. But uh, I have an LSU buddy. Uh, you know that I that I text and I'm like, is this really your best quarterback? Yeah. And he goes, you know, was it Finley at the time? It was under. Finley, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. It was Finley, yeah. Um, and you know, LSU. I thought A&M looked rusty. Uh, the, the the score kind of surprised me a little bit. You know, they only really put up 13 points. You know, Florida ho hum against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole Vanderbilt thing. I, that story, I mean, it was just so overplayed. You know, the, the female kicker, good for her, but I mean, come on, it, it's just it just reeked of publicity stunt to me. And and you know, I'm all for if she can play, let her play. Um, but we made such a big deal over. You know, there was a girl in New Mexico that did this first. Mm-hmm. Katie Nida. So let's let's don't Katie Nida. Yeah. So let's don't let's don't just because it's quote unquote power five. Well, there was no power five back then. We hadn't classified it as that. So. And she was a real kicker, and, you know, not that this girl isn't. But anyway, we'll move on from that. But you mentioned the egg ball. I can't wait until this gets more play because I I cannot think of a better press conference than Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. I mean, I just – the two of those teams, they're so opposite. Um, that's going to be a fun series. But, look, I mean, it's Alabama, it's Florida, and I don't think there's any question, and I think that's going to be a hell of an SEC championship game. Uh, indeed. What game are you looking forward to uh, most this week? Trent. Ooh, I, I think this is an easy answer. For well, me. I haven't even looked forward yet. I, I guess tomorrow that's the first one that I've looked at, <laughs> Western Kentucky-Charlotte at 9.30 a.m. Uh, I'm going to go West Virginia-Iowa State with all this, everything on the line. Bama, what game are you looking forward to most this week? 
You know, it's going to, again, I just, I can't get past LSU, Alabama in prime time. I mean, I know LSU is down this year. They're, they don't have a lot of at quarterback, but I, I just, something about that game just kind of does it for me. But you're right. I, Iowa State, West Virginia is, is, is a huge, huge game. But, you know, for me, I, I just, I've got to keep it local. I got to keep it kind of down home, I guess, if you will. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go Alabama LSU in primetime in Baton Rouge. Yeah, it should be, it should be fun. I uh, wish Iowa State, West Virginia was primetime up against it. I think it should be, but 2.30 in the afternoon. It should be. Speaking Absolutely. of that, the Minnesota Northwestern game is off. Uh-huh. That was slated for FS1 at 11 o'clock. BTN, Iowa, Illinois, does Fox say, we need that game, we need that inventory, let's move Iowa, Illinois to 11, fingers crossed, please, oh, so, so we don't have Iowa and Iowa yeah, State yeah, on top of each other at 2.30. That's where that game was going to be, in the 11 o'clock slot. Um, yeah, love, love to Let's see hope. if that's where you get to. Bam, we'll talk to you on uh, on Friday. Thank you. Look forward to it, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Uh, going around college football with our friend uh, Bama Bob. Uh, fun weekend, really was. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed every single minute of it. we got three left. We should be done. This should be championship week, but it's not. Two ranked versus ranked matchups coming up this week. Indiana against Wisconsin, but without Penix. Uh, certainly takes game. a lot yep. of the luster off. The other, Liberty Coastal Carolina. Are they playing this weekend? They are. Uh, what, t- what time? Where did they park them? In the early 11 o'clock slot? No. 1 o'clock. What? On ESPNU. There must be an 11 o'clock basketball game, I would guess. Uh, in that slot, maybe, so yeah. on ESPNU, so right. one o'clock kickoff, but top twenty-five, Liberty nine and one, Coastal nine and zero. Oh. Uh, we will talk to Dave Sproul next. He covers Iowa State for KASI. Matt Campbell's teleconference is over. We will get the latest on the Cyclones from Dave Sproul when he joins us. Miller and Condon till noon, fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six point three FM. This ain't your daddy's sports station. Well, well, it probably is, but you get the point. 1460 AM, and now 106.3 FM. This is Des Moines Sports Station. KXNO. Vasectomies. Yes, we're talking vasectomies. If your family is complete, the time is now to get on the horn and make your appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa. The time for my vasectomy is coming up. I set up my appointment with a great group of doctors at the Urology Center of Iowa. Now is the time to maximize your insurance benefits before the end of the year. Call 515-400-3550. Again, 400-3550. To set up your appointment today or go online, iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. No ice packs or bags of pause.com. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX. And oh, Mr. Monday night still to come. You know, regarding Sarah Filler at Vanderbilt, and you guys are both right. Katie Nida was first. Yep. You know what? You know what struck me, Trent? Just how many young girls, girls, girl dads, who got on Twitter and and, and mentioned their daughters, mm-hmm. their sisters, watching that game and what it meant to them. And that, I think, is a is something that we're overlooking. No, yeah, I'm yeah. not. But no, some I, people are. I, and that's where I, I kind of disagreed with Bama, and we we're running short on time, but. I thought it was a huge moment, a huge moment in an SEC game for that to happen. You know, she talked to the team at halftime. Yes, I loved it. She lit them up. And Katie Nida wasn't able to do that a decade ago. Because she wasn't in the locker room. Right. Right. And this is the continued growth. And It's awesome. That was the part of it. It wasn't the actual act of the kick. Yeah. It was 
her being there, her being part of the team, and, and really being part of the team, and, and then also having the the ability to step up and say something to the team right. that shows you the growth and and the gap that was so wide, even on a football field yeah, that that awesome. isn't anymore. That was the big part about it. The act of the kick, no, yeah, was, don't look at that part. It was so much deeper than that. And I thought was, it was a huge deal. It, it was the little girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's what struck. Uh, that's what uh, that I went away with. Yep, Katie and I was first. Give you that, and maybe they kind of overlooked that factor, which mm-hmm. I think where Bam was going. Uh, Heather was at the uh, Fog Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> Heather, Heather awesome. Birdside uh, texted me as we were talking the Oregon Oregon State game. Yeah, she was at that Bears Eagles playoff that's game, nineteen eighty five, right? No, that was eighty nine. Eighty nine. Okay. Eighty nine. Yeah, Dick uh, against Buddy Ryan, who was coaching the Eagles mm-hmm. at the time. Who was the quarterback for the Bears that year? It was Tom Zack. Uh, there was an injury to the Tom Zack and I think it was Tom Zack and Harbaugh in that playoff run. And then the next week they got blitzed out of the playoffs. Has happened a lot after that eighty-five year. But Heather was there. I would love to. Uh, that that might be a fun summer topic to bring in and, and kill a segment during the summertime. What was it like the viewing experience being inside Soldier Field? I guess it depends game. where you sat as much oh. as anything. <laughs> Better have good seats. You're not seeing anything. The Dave Sproul had a good seat. He was one of the only ones in uh, at Hilton yesterday as the uh, lid was lifted on uh, Steve Prohm's 2020-21 team. Uh, Dave, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. We'll get to football and Matt Campbell uh, in a second as this teleconference has ended. Uh, you, you saw the uh, clones for the first time yesterday. Uh, this Harris kid can really play. I think they obviously uh, are glad that he's there. Coleman lands likewise. Your takeaway from Iowa State who started slow. I think it was 10-zip at one point before they uh, caught up and then pulled away. What was your takeaway, Dave? Yeah, kind of uh, as I expected we talked about last week. Uh, it was, you know, there was a feeling out period for all these new guys to, to integrate with each other and get to know each other on the court against actual real-life competition. And keep in mind, Arkansas Pine Bluff, I know they got pounded in a couple games, but they had played a couple games already under their belts. And they came out, they started shooting just lights out, and Iowa State couldn't buy a shot early. And then slowly that that tide kind of turned, and Iowa State really got on the same page. And I think defensively, maybe even more so, more importantly than on offense, to be on the same page and communicate with each other and really know where the other guy is on the court. So, you know, just once they got out there and played, got in the flow of it and really got the tempo going where they wanted it, Iowa State looked like a, a much better team. And they made they made some big strides just in the course of that one game. Darling Stone Dubar, one of the freshman class, didn't have the headlines of a Xavier Foster, but he was in there. I was just listening to the broadcast, and this is from John and Eric kind of relaying what they were seeing on the floor there. But seemed like a young man that could pop really good on the boards and something they talked about in the pregame, guy that can really offensive rebound well, just kind of that basketball player that always seems to know the angles. Your takeaway from Dubar and the rest of the freshman class. Yeah, it was interesting to see him play because he's really, you know, what he showed on the court there is just a lot of hard work, you know, mm-hmm. going after those offensive rebounds, doing some some kind of grinding down there and then getting uh, some, you know, getting some tough buckets and some tough rebounds. And that's, I think, something that Steve Prohm wanted to reward for, for that young guy and give him a chance to play a little bit. And, you know, the other the other freshmen got their chance. And I was surprised a little bit as, as to how long it took for Xavier Foster to finally see the floor, although we talked about that before. He's had an illness. He's had a concussion. He's had a shoulder injury during uh, preseason camp. So maybe he, he just wanted to play a cautious with him, give him, you know, limited minutes and make sure that he gets a chance to get up to speed physically too before pushing him too hard, but you, you saw a little bit of what Foster could do because his first bucket was a pretty nice little 
uh, slam dunk that uh, showed off his athletic ability. So he might be, uh, he might ramp up a little bit slower than anticipated considering all the setbacks he had, but it will be fun, I think, to watch him develop. Uh, to football, Matt Campbell's teleconference, Big 12 coaches, uh, Monday morning teleconference, uh, Campbell has come and gone. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I'll ask the question anyway. What came out of it, Dave? Uh, yeah, again, uh, nothing much, although I, I think this marks the first time somebody brought up the, uh, the possibility or the idea of his name being speculated and uh-huh. rumored about for other jobs. And he, he shot that down as he usually did. You know, as the question was posed as one as a distraction with all the, the speculation and rumors mm-hmm. and all that. And, you know, Matt Campbell talked about that the way, this is the same way he talks about other talk that goes out on outside the, the walls of the facility, which is you just, you ignore it. You, you don't worry about it. You just focus on what's happening inside and within the program and with your teammates and, and that kind of thing, and that's that's where that goes. And I think uh, we're in for a month ish or so of a lot yep. of speculation about what Matt Campbell's future will be. And if anyone tells you between now and then they know for sure what's going to happen, they're lying. Uh, Dave, um, fans in the stands on, on Saturday, uh, and probably not a Campbell. There's obviously not a Campbell decision, but I've seen. I was told this morning you're you're in story, Connie. You would know better that positivity rate is starting to go down. When you consider the stakes, when you consider the game is outside, masks are mandatory. If indeed Iowa State's going to do something special and that's win the football game on Saturday, it would sure be nice for that very deserving fan base, not saying to let everybody in, but to at least some people be allowed to witness it in person. What is the likelihood that Jack Trice will have, say, 15,000 people uh, on Saturday afternoon? Are they taking any steps toward that happening, do you know? I, I would consider it unlikely because I think the initial decision to uh, move back to just family and friends of, of players and coaches only uh, and not let general fans in at all had, had more to do with the governor's order, the statewide order that came down that week, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, and I think that's still in effect for another week or two. So I'm, I'm guessing that, uh, you know, I, I I don't know the ins and outs of that particular order and whether Iowa State would actually be allowed to have a gathering, so to speak, of of that magnitude, uh, even in an outdoor facility. So it might it might go against the state uh, the latest state order uh, to even you know allow that many fans in the stands. So I'm, I'm pessimistic that it'll happen, but you never know. Tariq Milton back on the yeah, field. How about that? Oh, there was a surprise. Oh, there he is. We asked and asked and asked and asked and asked, and then he finally shows up in the Texas game there. But in a game where the tight ends dominated, Milton having him out there, yet another weapon, seemed to help that passing game just a little bit. Yeah, and, and you notice how they use him, too. They just throw him some little passes mm-hmm. down the flat, nothing downfield. I really. think there was one, and then Purdy get... overthrew him. Right. And yeah. you, you, for the most part, yeah, they, they just want to get him the ball in some space and let him try to make a play. and get uh, get up the field and I think that's probably the best way to use a guy like that because he's a little on the shorter side but he's he's quick and he's got some speed and he can make some things happen uh he, he kind of looks like a guy who hadn't played in a little while but still you know the some of those plays I think paid off for Iowa State because that helped open things up over the middle for those those tight ends to step up and have the big games that they did so uh I, I think that's a, a big role for Iowa State maybe it's one of those small things that turns into a big thing because it just gives you another option and, and another weapon on the field 
that uh, Brock Purdy could use to his advantage. You know, we talked a, a lot, and I, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, it's all over message boards all year long, the special teams. Ah, they don't even have a coach. Look how many times it's bit him this year. Uh, Walling's play on the fake punt. Somebody coached this kid to stay home uh, and to uh, you know to 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 stay in his spot and to not get sucked in. What a play by Rory Walling, who had to be a walk on to begin with. I'm not sure if he's on scholarship or not, but somebody got through to that kid uh, at some point in his career. What a play he made as Texas tried the fake punt that was unsuccessful in a huge point in that football game. Yeah, that's the kind of play that's kind of easy to overlook uh, in the moment, but you look back on it, you know, there's, you know, the handful of plays that really stand out that make a huge difference. That's one of them. And Walling's been kind of a, I don't want to say star, but I mean a stalwart uh, on the special teams. He's, he's done a lot of kick coverage and gotten a lot of tackles, uh, you know, relatively speaking in, in that regard. And so he's been a guy who's been kind of a leader on the, the special teams unit overall. So, but maybe not surprising that uh, of all the guys to step up and make a play on special teams, it would be him. First time I think Trent and I have ever mentioned the name Rory Walling, and what a, what what a play uh, what a play that he made. Uh, so uh, as as the, as the week goes on, obviously the hype for this game is going to build. When you the last thing for you, Dave, when you look at West Virginia, clearly a team that's gotten better since the beginning of the year. Say the same about Iowa State too, as we think back to uh, week number one uh, for them. This can, this is a tougher football game, uh, I think, than uh, we would have thought that it would have been a month ago. West Virginia's improving. Yeah, and they caught my attention a little bit early in the season because they just played really tough. They may not have gotten the wins that they were looking for, uh, you know, obviously early on, but Neil Brown's a heck of a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to uh, do some good things there at, at West Virginia. He's a, I think he's a really good fit for what they do and for that region. And so I think uh, it, it probably shouldn't be too surprising that, you know, he uh, was able to improve that team during the course of the season, maybe the degree to which they improved is a bit of a surprise. But they got some talent there. I think Daggy's a nice quarterback. They got a good running back. They got the Stills brothers on the defensive line who are really, really good. I, I think uh, maybe not quite Bailey brothers good, but in, in that neighborhood. Uh, they uh, they do have some talent there, but I think they're outperforming that talent, and a lot of that is because of what Neil Brown brings to the table as their head coach. We will talk to you on Friday, Dave Sproul. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Good to talk to you, Dave Sproul, KASI in Ames, 1430 on the AM dial. All right, our final break of the day. Uh, Mr. Monday night coming off a loss. By the way, our Tuesday morning game, we're all excited about. Yeah. Yeah, It's canceled. Of course. COVID has taken that one off of the slate. Well, we got hoops. The Maui Invitational is happening. When does, uh, you know what else is big this week, too? Speaking of hoops, Baylor, Illinois play this week. Okay. I think maybe Wednesday. That uh, Gonzaga. By the way, Gonzaga, Kansas game. Yeah, kind of jumped up. I didn't even realize. And then I, I was well, I was looking was that, at point uh, that spreads. was Thanksgiving morning. Was yeah, it not? I was looking at point spreads and all of a sudden, wow! All right, here's a way to start the day. Gonzaga's a legit trend. That team offensively Jesus. is ridiculous. How about the freshman point guard from uh, the Minnesota, Minneapolis? Yes. Suggs, he was a kid, remember, we talked about him in the past. He had big-time offers in football. He was a football or basketball guy, wanted to do basketball. Iowa was heavily involved on both football mm. and basketball. Of course, Minnesota, and then the powers that be. Jeez. Goes to the Zag, and that takes Gonzaga. They've had dudes, but a playmaker They still like have him, dudes, but yeah. now they got a playmaker. He's ridiculously God. good. Is the gap between them and everybody else? Baylor's really good, too. I was really impressed a little bit that I saw of the Bears, but... 
I was up to number three now in the AP poll Their that was just released today. Is, yeah, it's it's yeah. the same team. They're a good team. Yeah, great team. I'm not ready to go. Not at the defensive end of the floor. We'll do more basketball tomorrow. Today was a day Uh for football. And a little more when we come back. Mr. Monday Night's waiting. That's right. We'll take a timeout. We'll hear from him on the other side. Miller and Condon back to wrap up a Monday edition on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. There's no place like home for the holidays. Unless that place is the brand new Surety Hotel in Des Moines. Win a holiday staycation right now at KXNO.com. A one-night getaway at Des Moines' hottest new hotel. So, invite the whole family over. Then, go get some peace and quiet for yourself. The holiday staycation from Surety Hotel and Des Moines Sports Station. Monday night, it is Seattle and Philadelphia, just under a touchdown, the Seahawks favored. Six and a half consensus, and Mr. Monday Night's got a winner for you. Now, Mr. Monday Night normally takes the points on Monday night. Very tempted. And I'm going to do it again. Oh, well, yeah. Jalen Hurts is going to play. This is going to push Carson Wentz, and he is going to play better than we've seen. Mm. Hang around against that bad Seahawks defense. Points will be scored, and Mr. Monday Night likes the points with the Eagles. Well, I give you a better chance on Tuesday night because I don't think you're on the right side here. But what do I know? I was one and four this week. Three and oh, I got two extra picks. I got to give up Friday. Oh, you had two cancellations. Over sixty percent on those the year. Go to losses, Trent. I think those count as losses. No, 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 no. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Murph and Andy coming in at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Iowa State Coaches Show tonight at 6.30. You can hear it right here. Of course, tomorrow morning, the morning rush gets underway at 6. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.